So many times it has been laid on my heart to read 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 15. And I know as many of us who do the same thing I've done, we go to church, we hear verses and we listen to them, but we don't take the time to go back and read the text before that or the chapter, the entire chapter, just to get a better understanding of the text. And it was just laid on my spirit to read the entire text. So if you're not familiar with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 15, don't worry. I'm about to read it. Um, and then I'm going to also explain just a little bit more what God gave to me, why it's important to read the entire text and what it is that he gave to me after I read this text. So 1 Timothy chapter 4 says it's the instructions to Timothy. The spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected. And if it is received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word of God and prayer. So again, it says for everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teachings that you have followed. Verse 7 says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Verse 9, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And for this we labor and strive, that we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. Now verse 11 says, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Verse 14, do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Verse 15, be diligent in these matters and give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life 
and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, this word is an absolute spot on example of why we must minister and give the word of God. Regardless of what it is that you are called to do in the kingdom, this word is a reason why you should do it. Why? Because we are sent here to be a counteracting uh, piece and the puzzle of what the enemy is doing because he's going to send liars. He's going to send deceivers. He's going to send people who speak a false word. But it is our duty as the body of Christ to send out the word and to deliver the word with what the Lord has given to us. And if we hold that word and hold on to what it is God has given to us and we don't deliver it, we are not just doing ourselves an injustice and hurting ourselves, but we are hurting those who would have benefited from hearing what it is God has given to us. Now, I know many times being young, I have looked at gospel singers like Tasha Cobbs and uh, Jonathan McReynolds and, and just all these wonderful gospel singers like pastors, um, like Bishop T.D. Jakes and these... You know, Pastor Sarah Jakes, I've looked at these pastors and I've always wondered, God, why is it that they seem to be living a blessed life? What it is about their life that they seem to be progressing and prospering at a rate that we other people sit back and wonder, wow. And the word clearly breaks it down and says, when you are operating and what it is the Lord has called you to do, he says, it is designed for people to watch your progress. It says in verse uh, 16, it is designed for people to watch your life. You are posted not only people, but you. The Bible says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Pay attention to where you have come from, what God has done in your life in the past in the present and what look forward to what he's doing in the future and when you sit back and look back on what he's doing if you're in the storm right now you know that he'll bring you out because you already have seen him do it numerous times before but it says watch your life and doctrine closely persevere in them because if you do you will save both yourself and your hearers so he said keep going keep moving keep progressing because when you do what it is that god has called you to do you will not only save yourself but your hearers as well he's saying don't let anyone if we go back to uh verse 12 it says don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech in life in love and faith and impurity so when we as i have looked back at those people that i just mentioned and just many other gospel singers and pastors that you look at and then i have looked at and say wow god look how you're moving look at what you're doing in their lives it's amazing he's saying because i am showing you an example Come on, God. I'm showing you an example of what it looks like when you are obedient to what it is I have called you to do. All they're doing is being obedient to the gifts that God has given them. Each and one of us, each and every one of us has gifts. And if we are obedient to them, he says, I will make your life an example of what it looks like when I'm in the midst. 
I'll make an example of what it looks like, not just in the midst of when you getting up on a pulpit or when you out being an evangelist or whatever it is he's called you to do. But he said, I'm going to be in the midst. I'm going to make your life an example in the midst of your love life. I'm going to be an example in the midst of uh, when you're speaking. I'm going to be an example in the midst of your faith. I'm going to be an example in the midst of how you carry yourself or everybody will be able to see me. In every aspect of your life, when you are dedicating your life to me and living the life that I have called you and purposed you to live. So that is what the Lord just gave to me just from reading First Timothy chapter four, just the complete. We read the complete chapter. That's why it's so important to listen to the word. The Bible is really the only book that you can read it a trillion times and you get a trillion different messages. That's why we have so many songs on some of the same verses, but they are speaking a different word because the word is so amazing that it can form and be conformed to the area of your life where you're at and give you exactly what you need at that point of time, meaning that you're going to go through different periods in your life, different experiences, different trials, different tribulations. And when you do the word, when you read it, because first Timothy's chapter 11 is different to me now at 25 than it was to me at 15. At first Timothy's, I'm going to tell you, I remember exactly how it made me feel at 15 because it was a word saying, Tiffany, don't be afraid to go out there and do what it is God has called you to do because you are young. Don't let anyone limit you and say you are 15, you can't get up here and pray, or you 15, you can't be doing this, or you 15, you can't do that. My mother instilled in me in a young age that she instilled this word into me that you are never too young. God can use a baby. God can use a teenager. God can use a grown person. God can use a seasoned person. It is no point in your life where you act that God can't use you. And if God can use a donkey, he can use anybody. You understand? It don't matter what age. It don't matter where you at. He can use anybody. So now looking at this at 25, it lets me know, yes, they don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But you also get to see the benefits of what it is when you operate and what it is God has called you to do. And not just operate in it when you up there with your, your nice dress on or your spiffy tie or you walking into church or you being an usher or you whatever it is that you are called to do in the kingdom. He's saying, but do it even when you are not in that environment where you feel like all eyes is on me. Do it when you at the grocery store. Do it when you out at the movie. Do it when you with your friends. Do it when you with your spouse. Do it when you with your kids. It don't matter where you are at in your life. He's saying, I'm when you operating in me, I'm going to be an example. I'm going to show up. Meaning that when people see you, they won't see you, they'll see God. Let's look at your yo. We're not just talking about materialistic things, but the Bible does say that a man judged by the fruits of their that a man will be judged by their fruits, right? So if we're looking at materialistic things that a lot of times we look at that as fruit, 
We'll sit there and say, okay, look how God operated in their lives where they're able to drive that car. Look how God operated in their lives, they're able to live in that house. But we also go into the fruits that money can't buy. Look how God operated in them when they speak their wisdom that comes out. Look how God, he says, I will be an example. Look how their spouse loved them. Look how their children loved them. Look how they honor them. Look how they respect them. Because God says, when you operating in me, Bam, I will align everything to reflect me because I'm not a God of disorder. And as I spoke about yesterday, um, that Genesis, if we look back in Genesis 1, and I believe I read to Genesis 6. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 6, where we see that God is a God of complete and utter order. He is not going to move out of order. He is not going to rush and be hasty when he's doing things. He wants everything to align. The lights align with the sky. The sky aligned with the vegetation. Everything needed one another in order to prosper. And that's how he does in our lives. We are made in the image of God. So we are designed the same way that he created everything in this world. And it recall it has an order and everything is meant to be in alignment with one another because it feeds off of one another. So if your love life ain't together, if your home ain't together, if you don't respect your body, it's no way you're going to be able to get up and effectively deliver the word of God. Whether you're on a pulpit pit, or out in the street, you're not going to be able to do it. So that's why the Bible says that you, your life, when you are operating and what it is God has called you to do, will be an example from your life love life to down to when you speak it's all going to align because they all feed off of one another and all those aspects in your life require one major thing and that's God and if God ain't in the midst of all of them I don't care how loud you get up there and scream I don't care how how nice your dress is or how nice your suit is you are not going to be able to effectively deliver the word. Now, mind you, let's all remember God can use anybody. But I'm saying that your life will not reflect God the way it should. And you're not going to be able to continuously do this without God. So he can use you very much so. But in return, people are still going to be able to see mm, he uses you on stage, but he doesn't use you in private. And that's why we have to make sure that when like first Timothy chapter four says that our lives reflect God. And that's how we look at all these people who we we look up to or we listen to or we go to their churches or wherever. Just anybody. It could be your mom, dad, whoever, your sister, brother, your uncle, aunt, whoever that we listen to and we look and see that their life is prosperous. It could very much so, and which I'm almost certain that it is, is because the way God is operating in their life. If they are, matter of fact, a God-fearing individual. So if we are looking up to them, it can necessarily be, it can, I, I'm sorry, not necessarily be, it can most certainly be because they are operating in what it is God has called them to do. And you are able to see God in all aspects of their lives and they're being blessed in all these areas because of their obedience. So please, Please, please make sure when you are listening to a word, go back, go back and read the chapter, go back and read the chapter before 
huh matter of fact start from the beginning and read everything for yourself so that when a word is delivered you are able to have a greater understanding of what it is that the lord is saying to you and you are able to receive the message fully because you understand the context from which this message is given to you so i pray that that is a blessing to anyone who is listening and who will come across this that please it's very important that you operate in your gifts the kingdom of god needs you every bit of what God has given you is meant to be a part of the bigger body of Christ. And without you, the body is operating differently. So God needs you. God needs you to tap into that gift. Young, old, wherever you at in your life. It is never, don't let the enemy tell you that you are in a space where God can't reach you. God said, if you make your bed in the depths, I'm there. If you, it's, it's nowhere that you can go that God will not be present. And if it's nowhere where you can go that God will not be present, then there's nothing that can stop you right now from speaking and delivering what it is God is calling you to deliver. And if your gift is to sing, if your gift is to dance, if your gift is to speak, if your gift, regardless of writing, whatever your gift is, it is your time and your duty right now because you've heard this. Now it's a mandate on your life to be obedient and start operating in what God has called you to do. So God bless you. Before we close, I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that anyone who's listening to this, God, that you give them the strength, the courage, Lord God, the obedience and the boldness, God, to operate in what you have given them to do, Lord God. I bind every enemy that's trying to stand up against them, God, to tell them that they are not enough, to tell them that they are in the wrong time, to tell them that they can't do this, God. Lord God, I decree and declare, God, that you, Lord God, wrap your loving arms around them and let them know that you are there, that you love them, that you care, and that, Lord God, you are going to be in the midst. That whatever they do, like Moses, he said, I can't speak. God, you said, Moses, I don't need you to talk. I'm going to speak for you. Don't You don't have to worry about what you don't have. Whatever you don't have, I have. And I know what you don't have even before I called you, Lord God. So I ask, Lord God, that you give them the obedience of Abraham, the obedience of Moses, God. Lord God, to be obedient to you, Lord God, in order to serve and to live out the plan and purpose that you have for their lives. And may their lives, God, as 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 15 say, may their lives be an example, God, of your goodness. May their lives be an example of your grace. Lord God, may their lives be an example. May their lives be an example of you God and may when people see them God may they see you so we pray these things put a hedge of protection around them around their families especially if they start operating in gifts God and may Lord God people be able to see and may they be able to see where they came from God where you bought them from and where you have 
where you have brought them now and where you are bringing them, God. And may they be able to glorify and receive encouragement, even looking back on their lives to know that you have never left them nor forsake them. And you're not like man that you should lie, Lord God, that you will always be with them and that the battle is already won and they already have the victory, Lord God. So I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. And as we conclude this, we pray in Jesus' holy and matchless name. Everybody say amen. Now, my six-year-old daughter also wants to add uh, just something onto this prayer. Because as we said again, God can use any, it don't matter your age. It don't matter where you at. So, we're going to let her deliver this powerful word that the Lord has laid on her heart to be able to say to everyone before we conclude this. God is good. Don't ever let the devil take over your mind or body. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to everybody who listening. And Jesus, we love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love everybody. Amen.